Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello once again from Romania. I hope you're having a good day. Today we will start a new series from the book of Isaiah. My goal is to find at least one practical topic or message per chapter. I will not be going into a deep doctrinal study of this book. It will be focused on a practical spiritual application for us now. The book of Isaiah was written primarily to the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem, as well as to Israel and other nations. It is full of rebukes, pleadings, and future prophecies concerning the Messiah, the Second Coming, the Millennium, and other events. Doctrinally, it was written as a rebuke to Judah. However, we find practical lessons and applications for the New Testament church. It is an exciting, convicting, and yet encouraging book to study. It is one of my favorite books of the Bible. So let's start with a message for today from chapter 1 called The Pleading of a Father. The first thing I see from chapter 1 is the heart of God the Father. He is pleading with his children. Let's read Isaiah chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward." From the very beginning of this book, we read of the father being sad and pleading with his children. We read, they have rebelled against me. Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Why would you be stricken any more? Some say God the Father has no heart, no feelings, no emotions. This is very far from the truth. It is clear from just this passage that God the Father cares. He has emotion. He has a personality. God is not just a supreme being in the heavens. He is a God that does care what his creation does. The Lord is clearly saddened and disappointed that his children are rebellious and have turned away from him. We often do not consider that our sin and lack of fellowship with the Father saddens him greatly. Let's read Isaiah chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. 
And the harp and the viol and the tabret and the pipe and wine are in their feast. But they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore my people are gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst." Look at the heart of the Lord in the book of Malachi. They have turned away from the Lord, but he has not changed. His heart is still open to his children. He desires for them to turn back to him. That is God's heart. Let's read Malachi chapter 3 verses 6 and 7. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? So the first thing I see in chapter 1 of Isaiah is the heart of the father. Now let's look at the heart of the children. In this case, in Isaiah chapter 1, the nation of Judah. Let's read Isaiah chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city." Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. In this first chapter, we have a clear picture of the heart of God's children. Verses 5 and 6 are a description of leprosy. Leprosy is a picture of sin in the Bible. They are completely sinful, from the top of the head, to the soles of their feet. In verse 4, he tells them, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Every person without God's righteousness is sinful, completely sinful, from the head to the feet. The Bible tells us there is none righteous, no, not one. No one is without sin and worthy of heaven on their own merit. Let's read Psalms chapter 53, verses 2 through 4. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread? They have not called upon God." And then we have another picture of their sin in Isaiah chapter 64, verses 6 and 7. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. 
and there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. Here in Isaiah, Judah needed God's righteousness, but they forsook God's righteousness and thought sacrificing to him was good enough. It was not. God wanted their heart, not their sacrifices. He wanted them to have faith in him, to come to him with a correct heart. Judah would never be completely without sin. However, if they would have come to him with a heart of faith and a desire to obey him, he would have forgiven and forgotten their sins. Instead, they sacrificed with their hands, but their heart was far away from him. Here was the condition of Judah in Isaiah chapter 59 verses 2 through 4. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanities and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. And then Isaiah 59 verses 12 and 13. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. The Lord knew their hearts, and it was very, very far away from him. We can read that in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, and according to the fruit of his doings. So here in Isaiah chapter 1, we read of the heart of the children, in this case, the children of Judah, and it was far away from the Lord, and it was very, very sinful. How is your heart? If you are a child of God, do you have a heart that desires to fellowship and obey the Lord? As we saw in the first point, it saddens the Lord when we have no desire to obey him. Determine to set your heart upon the Lord today. Number three today, we see the Father's rebuke. Let's continue reading in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 15. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beast. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? 
Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons in Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feast my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. The Lord was tired of their vain sacrifices. They served the Lord outwardly. They went to the temple and did sacrifice. But their hearts were far, far, far away from him. He rebukes them and tells them he will no longer accept their sacrifices. The Lord makes it clear he no longer delights in their offerings. He asks them, what is the purpose of your sacrifices? Who required it? They are doing it as a vain religious service. The Lord tells them they have defiled his temple. They were serving the Lord in vain. It was not with sincerity. The Lord will not accept vain worship. Let's read Job chapter 35, verses 10 through 14. But none saith, Where is God my Maker, who giveth songs in the night? Who teacheth us more than the beasts of the earth, and maketh us wiser than the fowls of heaven? There they cry, but none giveth answer, because of the pride of evil men. Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. Although thou sayest thou shalt not see him, yet judgment is before him, therefore trust thou in him. Here in the book of Job, the Bible tells us, Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. In Isaiah chapter 1, he compares the children of Judah to Sodom. They have gone so far away, they have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. In the end, he says their hands are full of blood. He tells them he will no longer hear their prayers and will hide his eyes from them. God the Father is rebuking his children. As a child of God, if you continue to sin against him, he may withhold his blessings from you. You and I want the eyes of the Lord upon us for good. We want the Lord to hear our cries. But if we live in sin, how can God bless? How can he give us the desires of our heart? He cannot. Let's read Psalms chapter 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And then Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. And then let's read one more passage, Isaiah chapter 29, verses 13 through 15. 
Wherefore the Lord said, Forasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? So the nation of Judah was drawing near to God with their mouth and their lips, but their heart was far, far away from God. And God the Father rebukes his children in Isaiah chapter 1. Last today in Isaiah chapter 1, we see the Father's command and warning. Let's read Isaiah chapter 1 verses 16 through 20. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. After rebuking them, the Lord commands them to be clean. He tells them to wash and be clean, put away the evil from before him, and cease to do evil. After they have repented, they are to seek good things and correct judgment, also to relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, and plead for the widows. The Lord wants them to be right before him. He pleads with them and says, Come now and let us reason together. Even though their sins were many, they could become white as snow. The truth is, none of us are clean of ourselves. We need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Once we have His righteousness, then we can come before the Lord. Then we are worthy. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, the Bible tells us, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you are not God's child today, you need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Not your righteousness, you need His. The Bible tells us in Psalms 24, verses 3 through 5, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. The Lord is waiting for us to repent. If you are not a child of God, then repent of your sins, turn away from it, and put your faith in Jesus Christ alone to save you. You need his righteousness. 
Repenting is not getting your life cleaned up and without sin and then asking Jesus to save you. No, you cannot clean up your life and stop sinning without the help of the Holy Spirit. Repentance is simply seeing your sin and good works like God sees them, that your sins will send you to hell and your good works are not enough to save you. Repentance is a change of heart. You agree with God about your sin and then turn to Him for salvation. If you are a child of God today and living in sin, then you need to repent of those sins. Yes, you will still go to heaven. Yes, all your sins are forgiven. However, if you do not repent and turn away and forsake those sins, you cannot receive the blessings of God. You will not have sweet fellowship with him. Let's read Psalms chapter 51 verses 7 through 10. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. If you are not a child of God today, I hope you will call on Jesus to save you. Let's now read 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. The book of 1 John is all about fellowship with the Father. So let's read 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you are a child of God and you are walking in darkness, if you are walking in sin, then you cannot have fellowship with God. Go to him, confess your sins, repent of them, and then you can have fellowship with God the Father. And now, last for today, we have the Father's warning. If they refuse to repent and do what is right, then they will be devoured with the sword. If you choose to refuse the gift of salvation that God is offering through Jesus Christ, then you are under the wrath of God. The gift of salvation is that Jesus Christ died to pay for your sins, and if you trust in Him 100%, God will forgive you of your sins and give you eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 36, the Bible tells us, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him.
Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. If you refuse the salvation God is offering you, the wrath of God is upon you. In conclusion for today, we have looked at the pleading of a father in Isaiah chapter 1. God the Father is a person. He feels, he loves, he rebukes. He is sad when his people reject him and embrace sin. This chapter not only shows us the heart of the Father, but his rebukes and warnings, his command to repent, and his judgment if we refuse to obey him. I hope you will consider how much God loves you if you are his child. If you are not his child today, please consider how much he loved you. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place and pay for your sins. Put your faith and trust in Jesus to save you today. I hope this first message from Isaiah chapter 1 was a help and blessing. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.